Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, happy Friday. We are all back here in studio together after one day off. It felt uh, like was, forever. Oh, I was off, yeah. Yeah, but I'm so happy to have other folks here. I mean, Dr. James Simmons was here. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the show sounded great. Did you listen? A little bit. Oh, my God. Bless yeah, your I heart. Yeah, I had to check in, you know. Bless your heart. Yeah, just check in for a little bit. See how you're doing. You were I appreciate it. Yeah, he texted me after. How did it go? You know, I made it. I survived. <laughs> I feel uh, much more energized today. Well, you know it's Friday. And <laughs> guess what that means. Uh, Ryan, of course, is here. I'm here. And Char. I don't know why you keep saying, of course, I'm here like I'm. <laughs> the only way. It's, of course, Char's here. <laughs> <laughs> It is Friday, April the 22nd. It's Earth Day. It's also the drag race finale, from what I'm yes, understanding. Yes, it's the gay Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, that's what they call it. Why? Well, so I just gave it. Okay. Um, But so, how Earth Day? Yes. Very interesting. I heard some uh, someone speak on it today. I was listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. and they said that they uh, hope Earth Day could one day turn into, like, an actual protest instead of... Um, a day of uh, um, like a what's the um, celebration? Word? No, it's not so like um like it was a materializer or something like that. She used a certain word I can't remember, but it's basically a day of activism. Like it 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 feels like today a consumption. That's what she was saying. Uh, She's like I w- I want Earth Day to one day be a day of protest instead of a day of consumption. Where well, it's literally all we do is con- like consume. I mean, one could yeah. argue that with everything. They could argue that with Trans Day of Visibility, Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. You know, some some action behind. Don't say gay. Yeah. You know, they say all of the, like, middle-aged white actresses are losing their mind. Didn't someone do a Coachella chant, like, when I say gay, you say something. What? A Coachella chant? They were on stage and encouraging people to say gay. And it's like, it's so much bigger than just literally saying gay. gay. That's all I've been saying. People think that they're activists by, like, gay, 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 gay. And it's like, no, honey, it's a bit deeper than that. Yeah, I was actually thinking (laughs) about what I was going to post on Earth Day. Um, and I, you know, I have brainstorms storms with my boyfriend about these things. This is what we do now. Yeah. Just brainstorm. post from your heart. Why do you have to brainstorm? Because these things matter. I like to like think, you know, well, that posting from your heart. It should already be sitting. So, there but the thing is, for me, um, I was like, should I just post? You know, because people post like me outside and doing things, and then just like something in the caption. He's just like, well, Earth Day is not much about celebrating the Earth, but acknowledging what we're doing to the Earth and and committing to actions to stop that. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And so with that, it got me thinking. And so I actually, uh, because 
uh, one of the things I've been doing, and I, I'm very aware of that sustainability. I, I, do, I'm a, I drive electric. I don't eat meat and fish. The one thing I am questionable of, obviously, is like my, you know, the crypto NFT stuff, which mm-hmm. is definitely an issue. And so I'm about to post a video. Like, there's a, a site called Ariel. I actually covered this for KNX News. My show airs on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you could do carbon offsetting. So they, you put in your wallet number mm-hmm. if you um, have a, you know, a crypto wallet, and it'll see all your transactions you made, and then you pay for carbon credits. Oh. Yeah, so I did that today and I well, just am about Elon to post it. Musk How much hell was it? going on? It was a few hundred dollars, like 200 and something. And that does what? And they give it to projects like Doesn't that inherently though there's power I didn't, that like But I that's mean, like donating to like Earth de- uh, not a cause. But like the would. system that it's created to do But no, that, I didn't do I like, didn't donate crypto. I donated USD. But you're not I know, but that, what, like, what Ryan said is you're not donating to Mother Earth herself. No, no. <laughs> you're donating to some Using sort a of system that is still in well, yeah. So you you donate money to they offset your car, your um, carbon footprint by donating to nonprofits and companies how who are many doing people, the work. How many people so like, are incentivized in actually doing this? Well, the more we talk about it, the more people yeah. do it. Like you could do carbon offsetting for your driving for flying you could is do it for anything for using like the elect like the electric there's um carbon footprint for everything we do you might as well so die if you, we don't want to do anything even eating website. a hamburger even eating like even us you could say driving to a protest to talk about earth day yeah. is you like you know what i mean like everything we do using our computers right now us using our phones like Existing in this world, we have well, a carbon footprint. You know what? Mankind, humankind has not been kind like, to Mother Earth. So come what may, well, if no. she decides she wants to. No, if Mother we Earth didn't even decides. Get into our, what's turning this yeah, out? Yeah, you only have one time to do a headline. <laughs> Damn. And, All right, and let's do. So we talk do, about crypto. I think it's interesting. This was, a, this was actually a great conversation. I wasn't going to push you to do that. No, but I mean, I wanted out. to say because we. But I didn't well, know well, my question was, if you are logging onto the website to donate your carbon, isn't that you inherently? creating more carbon because you're on the computer and you're doing yeah but it would be the same as if i was like i'm gonna start um buying like anything you buy like even if i was wanting to uh buy straws that were metal straws yeah i still need to have have. a transaction (laughs) like everything you do as a human so it's like so how do you cut back on you lessen well one you lessen your consumption (laughs) you literally die yeah exactly that's what i asked actually my boyfriend i was like is it weird that i'm putting this up he's like i think you're saying i'm aware that i'm doing this and I'm going to do something about it yeah. um, because otherwise yeah just don't exist because everything yeah. you do it like even mm-hmm. Greta Thunberg you know her appearing on a TV network that's she's in a place where they're using electricity a ton of electricity so expect like, you know more I mean? like, of this conversation <laughs> later in the uh, and later in the show yes. because that is something that we're most definitely hitting on yeah. what else are we talking about today alright we're uh, talking about oh a lot of things well masks the mask mandate what's going on with that yes, there's a reversal. we're talking about uh are you bad at flirting? <laughs> we, got, we also got some interesting tea reports coming yes. up. Boxers acting up on planes. All right. You know, movies being suspended. And what DeSantis is doing to fight back at every company that doesn't agree with him. That's in 15 minutes with the Washington Post. All right. Uh, can we do a little tea right now? I mean, not really, because I don't want to dive into something and then just kind of half-ass it. Yeah. I think we had a really interesting conversation and really prepared for everyone for what we're about Setting to get the into in, in today's show. Maybe, yes. Maybe Happy top, Earth Day, y'all. Maybe Top of the Hour should always be a little free segment like this. I kind of like 
liked it, right? We yes, we've just always to liked warm to do everyone this. up. You yeah. know, just Who a knows? moment. Hey, we dodged right you, in. Maybe we'll start doing that. You just started something new. All right. Well, <laughs> what's coming up uh, next? Next up, many Republican leaders are threatening to punish companies for not supporting their conservative policies and what DeSantis is doing with Disney next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis seems to be retaliating against Disney after they spoke out against the Don't Say Gay bill. And now Florida has revoked Disney's special tax status. Here to share more is Enterprise reporter from The Washington Post, Todd Frankel. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So what does this mean for Disney now in Florida? Uh, well, it's still sorting that out, but um, they lost, as you said, that this special uh, district that they had that basically allowed them to self-govern themselves, the, the Disneyland resort there in Orlando. Um, and so they're going to lose that privilege, and it's a bit of a double-edged sword because they have a, they're able to tax themselves, but no one lives there but Disney employees in the park. And that responsibility then is going to have to go to the county surrounding the park, and there's lots of debt involved. And so it's really unclear whether... Um, Disney's even going to be on the losing end of this. It might actually work out to their benefit in some ways. Well, yeah, and I'm also wondering, is is this not illegal for Ron DeSantis to kind of like use his power to mm-hmm. to now kind of retaliate against Disney in this whole thing? Yeah, it, li- it really has all the markings of revenge, um, you know, and it's not illegal. Uh, it doesn't really pass a smell test or, or sort of see, uh, you know, especially from somebody who's from a Republican, you know, it's supposed to be business friendly and it would probably shriek if the Democrats tried something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really it has it has raised a lot of uh, cockles um, and, and trouble for, for for the politicians in, in Florida, you know, trying to sort out like, what are you doing? What's the what's the game here? Mm-hmm. Disney has been so noticeably silent around all of this. Do you think that Disney will ever leave Florida? Right? No, I don't think so. And actually, that's one thing that's their disadvantage, right? So if you'll remember, um, you know, when uh, Georgia last year um, got a lot of blowback for its restrictive voting bills, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Major League Baseball said, you know what, we're not going to have the All-Star game there that that summer. We're going to take it from Atlanta. We'll go play in Colorado. So they actually, you know, basically got up and moved. And Disney World has been in Orlando for like six decades. They're, they're not going anywhere. Um, but, you know, they're not happy about this. And, you know, they actually have stopped seeking publicly. What happened was back when this bill was being debated like a month and a half ago, um, they got blowback for not being public enough about their objections. And then they were public. And then they got blowback from, the, from one side. And so it's just been a series of missteps in Disney not knowing how to navigate this issue at all, you know. It, one side says they're, you're doing too much. One side says you're not doing enough. And in the middle, it's this company that's just you know getting pummeled. When it seems to be so obviously obvious to be a retaliation, how, how is that legal? Right? Like, is there anything around that like that in uh, that can be tried in court or that can be a blowback to the governor? I think a you know political blowback there might be there. It's not illegal, you know. I, it's just sort of unseemly. You know? That's not how we are supposed to run things in the U.S. You know, this is something you see, you know, doing favors for your political friends um, and, you know, punishing your enemies. It seems like it's something like a bygone era, so it's sort of mafioso in its uh, implications. But, you know, it's, it's legal. It's just, you know, it makes everyone uncomfortable. Um, and so, you know, everyone's sort of like, wow, this really happened. And I think that's the thing is that everyone thought the threat was there. But to see him, you know, he signed the bill today that stripped Disney of this special district. And I don't think most people expected him to go this far. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I I mean, what was really crazy about this entire thing is when you're saying that Disney, this may be a win for Disney, 
what does that necessarily really look like? Because if they're not if they're not in control of governing themselves in the ways that they were, I just feel like Republicans, especially Ryan DeSantis, can kind of do whatever he wants in this moment to them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, that the counties that they would actually end up falling under, because it would be actually county-level government, um, are two democratically controlled counties. So I actually would think that mm. DeSantis would probably not try this if the responsibility and all this debt was going to fall on a Republican-controlled county, right? He doesn't want to hurt his friends. Um, but because this is a Democratic-controlled county, it's uh, Osceola and Orange counties out there that will be responsible for this. And, and it's not really that important. It's like taking care of the roads and, like, fire and, like, not, actually not even police um, so it's like real administrative, like real like meat and potatoes, small town stuff that they have to worry about. So, oh, okay. yeah, so, but it's interesting, you know, like this was a big deal, though. right? I mean, Disney had operated under this for years. And basically what it allowed them to do was like take really good care of things and not have to like go to the planning board and ask for permission to build. Something yeah, they had because, like special status, right? Because yeah. so, all the money they were spending, too, probably. So I'm yeah. wondering, I'm wondering, does Disney... Is there any room for Disney? Like, let, let's say they want to get petty and retaliate. What would something like that look like? Because I know that they bring in a lot of financial, you know, revenue because of tourism. And, you know, so many people go to that park every day. Like, what would retaliation look like, in theory, from Disney's end to, to get back at DeSantis? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, one thing is they have 80,000 workers in the state of uh, Florida alone, right? That's not a small wow. chunk of, yeah. of employees. And he won his last race by like 20 or 30,000. Oh. Um, so, oh, wow. You know, Baby. So there's, there's, that's a lever they could play. Uh, we've seen this, as you mentioned, play out in different uh, states with different companies. Uh, is this a recurring thing that's uh, different than how Democrats play it? I mean, it seems like Democrats will ret- retaliate against companies, but it seems like it's for good reason when they're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It depends how you define that, right? Because the other right? side sees it. Exactly. But this is, the Republicans have gone further than, I think, even than Republicans used to go, right? Because, um, you know, a few years ago, um, uh, Mike Pence, when he was the governor of Indiana, he actually went back and rewrote a bill because corporate America said, whoa, whoa, you went too far with this bill, this religious freedom bill. And, it, you know, he actually toned it down Oh wow! Um, because, you know, but today, right, they actually get bonus points for like poking the companies in the eye. Um, and so it's a strange new world. And yet Democrats have not played this game, even though, you know, they're supposedly the ones who are less business friendly. You would think they would, but... It, it really, the, the gloves are off and the, and the rules are kind of strange. And it leaves everyone you know, in the political world sort of nervous about what's going to happen. Definitely. OK, well, that was Enterprise reporter at The Washington Post, Todd Frankel. Thank you again. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. OK, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, despite one judge trying to end the mass mandates for travel, cities across the country are setting their own rules. Find out the latest with The Washington Post up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, Philadelphia is ending its indoor mass mandate, um, according to city health officials. Um, and now this is coming abruptly after reversing course just days after people in the city had to start wearing masks again amid a sharp increase in infections. Well, after the big announcement that we saw in airports and everything about this judge changing everything, will this start happening across the country, the reversal back to mass? Well, joining us to break everything down is Natalie Compton, travel reporter from the Washington Post. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Natalie, I mean, you were just on and we were talking about just, you know, the removal of masks and how everyone was celebrating this moment. Now we're seeing from state to state 
it's all changing. Everyone's like, no, we're ignoring that and we're going back to wearing masks. It definitely depends on where you are. There are places that have embraced the no mask thing wholeheartedly. And then there are places that are still holding out and saying, we're going to keep having this in place, at least in transportation situations for a little while longer. Okay, so is this heading to the Justice Department or is just each state is making their own decision or person? Yeah, each state it gets to, to do their own thing. Right now, the Biden administration is appealing the ruling on a federal level. But for now, states are going to make the call. So right now, New York, Massachusetts, Wisconsin still have these transportation mask mandates in place, which can make things very confusing if you're somebody traveling between states. Yeah, I can only imagine a flight attendant might be losing their mind dealing with this. It's just safe to just keep the mask on if you ask me. But I do want to know, where do you see this potentially going? Uh, Because it seems like COVID's not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, numbers fluctuate, but is this what it's going to look like moving forward? It's going to be really interesting to watch how COVID progresses, how public opinion about COVID progresses. My best guess is that if things surge in an extreme way, we'll see regions pick up a mask mandate again. But I, I think it would be a tough call to have it go back to this federal blanket mask uh, mandate for transportation just because it is so broad and people are so upset. You think that, I don't know about you, but I was kind of shocked that we could just have this end so quickly. So yeah. to, mm-hmm. to have that go back feels like a Herculean effort in a time when people are just so up no seriously and i think for me i'm wondering well do i even still wear a mask like how how do people decide that because you know it's always Mm -hmm. that one thing where you're in with a group of people who are so comfortable where they're not wearing a mask and you're the only one you feel like the odd man out i could assume Mm -hmm. that this is going to be the new feeling on airplanes when you're trying to pick and choose if you should still wear a mask or not Right. I just took a couple of flights the other day, and I thought it was really interesting to see about 25% of the plane on my domestic flight was still wearing a mask. The rest were not. There were families of mixed masking going on. Sometimes it was the kids wearing a mask. Sometimes it was the adults. Uh, And then on a a flight in Europe, not a single person had their mask on. And I I was so shocked to see all of these bright smiling faces just being like we're okay now but what health experts are saying is that if you are not feeling comfortable absolutely wear a mask if you're somebody who's at high risk for covid or severe covid definitely wear a mask a lot of these doctors themselves are going to continue to mask uh, just because they they know covid is still out there and it's not like just because this ruling happened the risk is gone Definitely. I'm wondering if there's anything airlines can do just to make the spaces safer in general, knowing that people are going to just be doing their own thing. Are they even thinking about that? No. The thing that they have been leaning on this whole time is is even scientists and health experts are, are feeling pretty comfortable that the planes themselves are safer than, say, when you are jammed together at baggage claim at the airport or you're crowding the boarding gate because planes have this air filtration system mm-hmm. that's that's getting clean pretty frequently as your flight keeps going on. There is issues when you are boarding, when you're getting your luggage, you're all crammed together. So there's definitely risk points. But as far as changing the way that, that the flights themselves go, I don't see anything there changing. And people have <laughs> at the airport... 
people are forgetting about social distancing altogether. Oh, it yeah. seems like you are just you if you are going to fly, you have to know that there are going to be lots of lots of crowded points throughout your journey. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. People have been disregarding that. And I, I must say, it was refreshing to learn that they have this alleged, I'm saying alleged, you know, filtration <laughs> system, because it does mm-hmm. feel like it just feels icky on a plane, like the air is being recycled, like, you know, like we're not getting fresh air. But what about, I know you kind of touched on, you know, those people who might have high risk or be immunocompromised. What does this mm-hmm. mean for them on planes? Because I've seen a lot of tweets pop mm-hmm. up and a lot of criticism around, you know, some of the celebration videos that are coming out with mm-hmm. flight attendants and pilots saying, remove your masks as, you know, the flight is in air. Like there were tons of videos and immunocompromised people are upset about this. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on the personal risk for each person, but I know that it is a really devastating time to be immunocompromised, and it, it already was before, and you're already dealing with so many issues, but unfortunately, what I hear from a lot of health professionals, they're telling people to stay home or to travel a different way, because wow. <laughs> right now, it's, it's not like even flying or traveling in general, is it is there's no, there's, there's no such thing as no risk traveling anywhere at any time, but... Yeah. If you know that you're going to be in these crowded spaces with lots of people, your best bet is to be boosted and vaccinated and and wear a properly fitting N95 mask that that is a has a good seal so things are coming in, things are getting yeah. out. Um, but there there just are so many risks, and it, it is really a, a really devastating thing to have to tell people that flying yeah. does with risks. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I wonder what the Biden administration is going to do to make sure that we don't continue to have this back and forth where some random judge can mm-hmm. just, you know, create mm-hmm. a man, like a reversal of what the CDC is saying. And I just wonder what that looks like. But we'll just have to see. Travel reporter Natalie Compton, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the show. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. All right, so what's coming up next? Well, uh, next up, the leaked tape that reveals a leading GOP thought Trump should resign after January 6th. Yep, we're going there after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Are you ready for some leaked audio this Friday? Some juicy leaked audio from the GOP. I always love leaked audio. Right? Always. What in the Watergate is going on? Exactly. Well, Republican Representative Liz Cheney is denying she leaked this tape of a conversation with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. So this aired, the audio we're about to play, it aired on MSNBC's Rachel Maddow show yesterday. And it has McCarthy saying he'll push former President Trump to resign. He actually denied that he had said that, as reported by the New York <laughs> Times. The and they're like, well, actually, we have the audio. Let's play that. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When, when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is, is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple days. Um, From what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him my, this, this is what I. Okay. So he basically lied. 
It's a, Ooh, a, we have it out there. A politician, someone in a politi- political position lied, especially coming from the right? You know, the main thing that comes up for me is, once again, so many people, a part of the Trump administration, sat back and just let things play out and never stood firmly in, like, actually speaking up in the ways that because they need to. And then we wouldn't even know this happened if this wasn't leaked. Let's face it. They didn't say anything because when push comes to shove, they will be the least affected. No, it's true. It's true. I don't know. But it's still annoying. What, uh, there's a few things that are dangerous here. It's the fact that they were complicit, didn't say anything. And some of them said something and aren't even proud of saying that because they're trying to protect everyone that yeah. didn't. So there's two things happening here that is really bad. So are we watching? Are we going to finally witness? Do you all think this is the this is the beginning of the Republican Party just crumbling? If I'm being honest, I don't think the Republican Party is going to be crumbling anytime soon. I don't even know what that even looks like. It seems like there is cannibalism going on over there. Like they're eating each other at this point. But I feel like, once again, their followers will just rationalize this. Like, of course, they didn't want you to know that we were protecting. They were doing their job. Okay, well, protecting the president. In fairness, I'm going to remove the the constituents out of it. I'm talking about the lawmakers. There's cannibalism going on on the Senate floor. There is. There is. But I'm just. I, I think that may be able to affect, like that's probably going to impact Liz how Cheney. GOP and the messaging like they're not going to be all on the same page in the ways that they used to be I feel like that's one thing about the GOP they know how to have a clear message they know message. how to have a message yeah, and okay. that's because they're all in it together but if this continues to happen that messes up that clear message which in if the Democrats were smart then they will jump Take right full in advantage and, and of sure totally between, between uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene lying on um, during her trial and this, the lies, it should be obvious what's happening. Yeah. Um, however, my worry is they're going to just keep pushing Liz Cheney out of there, right? They're going to blame course. it on her. Blame and it the, on a woman. And the constituents are just going to be like, oh, well, it's Tuesday. Well, next up on the show, what Fauci really thinks about the latest mask mandate, he spoke out about it after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. Right now, we've got more show. Shar is here with us on our Favorite Fridays show. Yes. Fun. Favorite. Here for Earth Fantastic. Day. Exactly. Uh, so I was about to say something I saw on Instagram about Earth Day, but you know, if you're going to celebrate Earth Day, don't necessarily do a, a music like DJ set in the middle of a beautiful ecological zone. You're probably disrupting <laughs> They're the going space. to the botanical gardens well, and no, throwing and a they, did it, they were like on the ice, right? Like in somewhere like Arctic, what looked like Arctic vibes, but it's a real, they were somewhere. And like it's music, loud music is probably not good for the animals or the glaciers. Or the glaciers. So, like, what? That's your celebration. Anyway. People are toned. Music up. is most definitely good for the glacier and the animals <laughs> until it falls, and, and, and now everybody. Yeah, gone. loud beats. The animals love loud noises. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next no. up, speaking no, of which, that's why. Also, um, what's it called? Uh, What's a, oh my God, what you do on <laughs> holidays? I have no clue, but we should Fireworks are bad. So speaking of which, we're going to be getting into the changes we'll need to make to help the planet, but why it's a good thing, how to stay optimistic in 30 minutes, and updates on the Mike Tyson fight that ha- happened on the plane, that video we've all seen. That's in the tier report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour. A Montana judge has temporarily blocked enforcement of a law that required trans people to have undergone a surgical uh, procedure before being allowed to change their sex on their birth certificates. 
The law was part of a growing list of measures in Republican-controlled states, including Alabama, that have moved to restrict trans rights as the community gains more visibility in, um, like, in the world at large. But that's really unfortunate that that's happening. Um, yes, that's crazy. Um, that what's happening in Montana everywhere. Every day we have to report about something, and it sucks. Moving on to Dr. Fauci, who shared his thoughts on the latest mask mandate ruling on CBS News. Dr. Fauci, U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel tossed out the mask mandate. As you know, do you personally agree or disagree with her interpretation of public health law? Well, I, 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 I clearly disagree. I mean, those types of things should be decided as a public health issue by the public health organizations, in this case, the CDC. This is a public health matter. This is not a judicial matter. Uh, the CDC has the obligation to protect the American public, and they make their recommendations based on science and solid public health information. So obviously, the CDC will abide by the order of the court because it's a legal obligation. But one of the problems that we have there is that the principle of a court overruling a public health judgment by qualified organization like the CDC. Okay, meanwhile, let's talk about what's happening with mask mandates uh, right here in L.A. It's been announced that it uh, it will comply with new L.A. County Department of Public Health order requiring masks to be worn while riding public transit. This is in the L.A. metro area and when in indoor stations within L.A. County. That's effective as of 12.01 a.m. today. The LACDPH has determined that the mask requirement remains necessary to help ensure public health. Earlier this week, of course, mask wearing became optional, but strongly encouraged on the metro system. And this was a decision following the federal court ruling you just heard uh, Fauci talk about. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Child, this story is the story that keeps on giving in the worst way. And I have strong opinions, but let me just report on it. There's been an update on the Mike Tyson scuffle that you and James on uh, yesterday and it seems like like I said it's far from over so the guy is named Melvin Townsend the third and he appeared he was allegedly intoxicated beyond belief on I, this jet yeah, blue flight see that yeah. he was drunk he was drunk, drunk. yes and be, he was being a, he was annoying he, he was, was being, being a jerk a, such but, a jerk with his friend yeah, who was taping him and, yeah, it was, but catch what his attorneys are now saying because he's now lawyered up of course, of course. He is. so the, his attorneys the his attorneys but this happens remember when they used yeah. to provoke Kanye mm-hmm. so they could get a payout Kanye could react physically and they yeah. get a payout so what the clients I mean excuse me what the attorneys are saying is our client is a big Mike Tyson fan this is what they told TMZ they said when Mike boarded the plane he became overly excited at first their interaction was cordial at a certain point Mr. Tyson clearly became agitated by an overly excited fan and began to strike him in an excessive manner this situation could have been avoided simply by contacting the flight attendant to state the obvious as one of the greatest fighters of all times Mr. Tyson should have exercised greater restraint before using his hands on an overly excited fan. Ain't that how white supremacy works? Okay. Now, it should be noted that Mike Tyson uh, is alleging that this guy also threw a water bottle at his head. Yeah. Uh, to, to, you know, to provoke him. And it was Mike- also name calling. 
Oh, he was named. Yeah, some of the the videos were like I think believe he called him a peasant at one point. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It was a I lot mean, the whole of, thing. It was, was a lot of he instigated him. He did for so sure. So it's like, how do you move? Like I understand that you know violence is never the answer, but it's it's kind of wild when people go out of their way to provoke you, and and yeah. you can't remove yourself from a situation like that. We're yeah. on a plane. Yeah. It's not like you can just go to the next restaurant or whatever. How yeah. how do you navigate that? His friend and him thought it was funny, and they thought he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to react. Cause okay, well that's there. that is the. T- report for this hour coming up next hour the kardashians are downtown child in a court case and i got an update for that too okay and after this char says so porn and your brain i'm excited for this oh yeah it's a good one let's go there with shira and ryan channel q so i recently was minding my business on Mm -hmm. the internet and i came across a fascinating article or something that i deem fascinating on medium Uh and it's according to a book titled Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson. Okay. And the writer, James Green, posted the 17 major takeaways that he took away from this book. So this is a bit of a listicle. I'm going to fly through a few of them and kind of get you all's feedback for this for today's Char Sessa. And when you're saying his brain on porn, is it his brain while he's watching porn? Well, it is exploring the neurological effects of watching pornography. Because there are effects. No, I'm just gonna say, but before we get into like the before you push back, before we get into the listicle of these things, it's so annoying that because of like I feel like how society looks at being sexual or just like the porn industry, we always have to have these side like you know intellectual like um, reports are like what's your brain doing when you're interacting Mm -hmm. with porn? It's just like, but what what is it if we're just because it's interesting to see how these these things that become so pervasive. Culture somehow, impacts us. It, it feels like it somehow ends up being connected to like, you know, the reason why you shouldn't watch porn. No, no, no. This is why it's interesting to or me because we more. live, we currently live in a society right now. A lot of us, a lot of our peers complain about dating, right? The culture has created a dating culture where people do not date because they're always worried about the next best thing that might be around the corner. Like if I start dating Shira, oh my God, what if I meet this amazing person who's better than Shira tomorrow? <gasps> so that's part you. of the culture. And I think that porn, having access to porn, let's say if you have a specific kink or a specific niche, you can go through 110 pages out of 3,000 pages looking for what you're looking for. And the same goes hand in hand with dating where you could swipe on an app to death until you find someone that, you know, you're looking for. And so I think that it creates this scarcity mindset and also like... I mean, have it your way, like Burger King, but I think it's all tied in. So, okay, okay. So right. the first one is we are repeatedly what we do, and that's according to Aristotle. And it just says like neuroplasticity uh, changes in the brain over time. That one isn't that most interesting, but it does say orgasming is nature's uh, natural reinforcer. And in the brain, nerve cells that fire that, you know, wire it together so the porn user's brain can map out, you know, new and rewarding ways for that to happen, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But we get into number two, which is relationship dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. So that can, keep it a buck, that can come with this. With what? Watching porn? After giving up porn... a certain group of people. Well, according to this book, according to the study, after giving up porn, respective mates who will make better long-term partners seem more attractive. 
Oh, yeah, because I think that your brain... So, listen, our brains are wired a certain way. If we start doing and experiencing something a certain way... Yeah, that's true. Then we'll like that. It becomes that dopamine hit, and then it might not be as satisfying if we see it another way. Which is why I used to get insecure back in the day when I was dating my ex, and I used to find out, like, what porn he used to watch, and it wasn't representative of, like, who I was. And I felt like, oh, I used to think this way. I was like, oh, so that means he's not interested in me in the ways that I'm thinking, because he's all he's watching. Watching well, that's, our muscle types of dudes, and it's like it, it, it creates an insecurity in yourself. When you, it would for me too. Yeah, you know, I think that's natural. But it this one, do that anymore. this next one is what 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 I found most fascinating. Well, not most, but this was one of the ones that stood out to me. Photos are better than videos because videos replace the imagination in a way that still images do not. As far as the brain is concerned, it can tell videos are not real life, but your brain is tricked into thinking you are like impregnating multiple females. Like this is, I I should mention, this is from a very particular study Um, and sacrificing like your well-being. So videos definitely replace the imagination. It can't tell videos are not real life. Whoa. Videos replace the imagination. If you Meaning think about like, it, if you so, think about it, if you flip through a magazine, a nudie oh, magazine, yeah, like, you, you, there's, magazine, there's more ways to explore with imagination versus if you're like following nothing but porn on your Twitter and that's all you see. So, no, for me, is images. Sorry, I mean, for videos. me, it was saying that if you're always watching video, your brain is thinking that's real life, and so you can't disconnect. Like you don't know the difference between real life and a video. That becomes the what subconscious, you like, right? Anyway, okay, can we real quick? I, I feel like we should be setting this up in a way where it's like, and we're obviously deep into this conversation, but like, what is our relationship with porn? What is each of us? Let's go. Seriously. It's funny. Okay, I'll be honest. Um, I don't have like, what is it called? I don't really have a, a raging or a high libido. Um, I do not watch porn. I, I do not. And when I do, it's like, I don't know, once every 60 days. Like, I don't okay. need, I don't seek it out. I don't, wow. I don't, I don't need wow. it. But I know people who watch porn every day. But I also yeah. wonder, I also see the Me. effects, not to sound like Tipper Gore, I see the effects in their romantic relationships when they're following 12,000 porn true. things on Twitter. Wow. And it's like, it's insidious. It really is insidious. Well, I, I mean, my relationship with porn has been like, something interesting over the year like when I was younger I felt like I was automatically chastised for watching it I couldn't yeah. do it of course um, and then obviously when you're growing up I feel like that was I, I'm a sexual being and for me I never looked at watching porn as a I taught myself not to look at watching porn as a bad thing because I wanted to reject what everyone was trying to tell me. And so I do watch porn a lot. It's not a bad thing, but like how, every how, day. Have you the examined time. the ways in which that might affect your romantic relationships and how you view I'm not things? Expecting, no, because I'm, I feel like I'm a very open person when it comes to like allowing one, my partner to experience sex in the ways they want to experience, okay. how I want to experience sex in the ways I want to experience. And I'm not putting, re- and I like all types of like porn. So I'm not putting unrealistic expectations on my partner and what them to perform okay. in the ways that they're doing. That's like, I rare. Feel like I'm, looking That's through, rare. I'm looking at it through a lens that is most heavily different that is than rare. a lot of other people. <laughs> and I also think that, uh, you know, there's a difference between porn and sex and all this and intimacy. Right? There's yeah. a difference between well, that's, all and that that's why and the I don't openness watch and all that. I watch, like, amateur porn. Okay, yeah. Because I mean, you're watching but, real couples, real people me, doing it. Meanwhile, like, my experience having dated, you know, guys that do it differently, um, you know, I have dated the everyday, I know, big porn watcher. And I would say that was someone, my one partner, that had the most issues with intimacy. 
And so, like, that it, does not surprise yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. That does not surprise me. So, we don't know is it correlation or causation? And like, I also think but, it's different for straight guys, cis head guys. Well, well no, because mm, I'm push, I'm pushing, I have a lot of gay friends. I'm not gay, but I have a lot of gay friends because I also think that this skews into a lot of the conversation that we've had about what genitalia should look like yeah. with, with size shaming or how every vagina kind of looks different. But, like, the porn vagina, like, it's kind of like this one type. Well, so, I, feel I, like I there, people are used to that. At this so, I, actually, I don't. I don't. Real quick, I feel like this conversation is good. We have another. We have something Talking else. Talking about climate crisis, right? We got to get into our Earth Day conversation. But I think at the two. end of this, at the end of this hour, we should circle back around to this yeah, because we're not done. I was really trying to speed yeah, through these. I didn't, There's seventeen. I didn't share my relationship okay, so, with porn. So stick around. And you have plenty of time to the end too. of this hour. Stick around <laughs> oh, to the God, end of this hour because she's going to talk about her relationship. She had plenty with porn. of time too. She talking about other people. And she had plenty of time. <laughs> and Char says so. We'll continue at the end of this hour. But right now, what's coming up next year. <laughs> well, um, tech and policy that's changing as we respond to the climate crisis. Why we should feel optimistic. Maybe we'll have to decrease our porn usage because that electricity. Wow. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So, of course, it's Earth Day uh, and we talk about the environment and everything happening right now. It can be very easy to feel pessimistic. Like, you know, the world is falling apart. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what other mode or mood are you supposed to be in? Right? Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. But scientists feel actually more optimistic than most of us. And one of those uh, individuals is joining us today who wrote a great piece about this in theconversation.com. Uh, please welcome Elizabeth Gilmore, an associate professor in climate change, tech and policy at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. Thanks for joining us. Look, thanks for having me. And yeah, uh, so let's talk about this. Like, why do you feel like there's optimism when a lot of people feel doom and gloom? Including, you know, did you see Google the homepage how it showed um, different like different areas like a, a long mm-hmm. time ago and now, like twenty years ago? Oh and no, now? but I bet that that's depressing. It is. Yeah. You see, like the mountains, so there's less snow. Everything trees are gone because of buildings. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are all seeing this all around us, right? Forest fires, flooding, changes in uh, in climate conditions, right? I mean, Google Earth is just reflecting this back to us. I mean, it is easy to feel pessimistic. Uh, but myself and my colleague, Rob Lempert, you know, we also put on our, science, our scientist hats and actually asked, is there evidence? or some optimism. And that's what we wrote up in the conversation. So we didn't just say, you know, can we be optimistic? We said, what evidence is there that there are reasons for optimism? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we look at it, we can look at, you know, these are really, really big transformations. But in fact, that is where the optimism lies, right? There's a lot of damage and it is transforming how we live, but we can embrace that change, and we see evidence of the ability of people when they start to embrace that change, make really big changes, the types that we need to steer out of this type of damage. You know, I first of all, you seem like the sweetest soul. Like you make me Canadian. feel so happy. Like, do you have an audio book? <laughs> it's just something so about your voice, but I. I also wonder sometimes pessimism can be great though because if people are all collectively feeling 
a, a negative way about a situation, it can inherently create our frustrated. I think frustrated is different than negativity. No, yeah, but you sometimes. can. I mean, it can still be yeah, in that same world. Uh, the DNA can be intertwined. Mm-hmm. I I wonder. Don't you feel like you need a little bit of pessimism to create? Action enough that people care enough to actually get people off their butt. Because if they're too happy, then we're just kind of going around and not really remembering because we're just like in a, a state of optimism, which sometimes can be a state of delusion. Uh, that is a very, I mean, that's a very strong point, right? You want your optimism to not be one where you think we can just get away with this. Mm-hmm. This needs to be a really deliberate optimism Mm. right and one of the things that you mentioned is that actually being too pessimistic can be part of resisting the transformation that we actually need and that's because we can get rooted in a sense of fear this is a really well-documented problem it's called the status quo bias and what this means is we can get so fearful that we're just so afraid of losing what we have that we forget about what we might gain. Mm, and, yeah. and, when we, when, and you see this, right? You see this in, you know, people making individual decisions, right? We just tend to favor what we already have. But climate change is going to change things on us, whether we like it or not. Right. So, so- in, one, yeah, in one scenario, it could be some really bad transformations that mm-hmm. we do nothing about. Yeah. Right. On the other hand, yeah. a tremendous opportunity to embrace change. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, and I just heard that it snowed uh, this past week, which is, I grew up there. It was never snowing in April. And then, of course, now being in L.A., there's, you know, the July is going to be it like 112 degrees. It rained it, last Torrential. Nice. We need a rain, though. We need torrential. rain. It so weird. it seems, <laughs> I guess my question is, it's, it sometimes feels like we're too far off the deep end. Like, it, it, it's irreversible. Like you just mentioned, people are making individual changes. But then we also have, like, Elon Musk, who designs the Tesla, but then also, like, has this huge carbon footprint and wants to go to the moon what actionable steps can i guess we communally can can we do to i guess stop this from progressing like stop the climate from changing so drastically so quickly right i mean this is a really really big question right and we're looking at both efforts to adapt to the changes that are already happening as well as to mitigate so that we don't cause any additional damage. There's actually been a lot of progress, right? You read the IPCC reports that we wrote, and yes, they say that we have not advanced as far as we need to, but we have also learned so much more about what we can do. We see more opportunities, both for individuals making deliberate small decisions, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, we cannot do this just by our small changes alone, but better ways for us to pressure our government, to pressure businesses, and for us to turn up the pressure. We can do this by insurance pricing. We can do this through climate risk disclosures. We can do this by building communities where we recognize these hazards and we make deliberate choices that don't just help us adapt to these changes, but also help us to create worlds that are just more consistent with the types of places where we want to live. 
worlds that are more equitable, worlds that are more just. This is about a big imagination time, is how I like to put this. The futures that we can imagine are the futures that we can have. Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, tipping point. Still so much more to talk about. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth Gilmore, for joining us. We appreciate it. Oh, look, thank you for the opportunity. That was Elizabeth Gilmore, Associate Professor in Climate Change Tech and Policy at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. Next up, we're... T- Char says so. We're going right back to it. We got a lot yeah, to talk about. Well, we we're talking we're going to keep talking yeah, about porn in, in your brain? Yes. <laughs> we'll bring it on. Let's go there. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, Char says so continues part two. Yes. Which so- was all about what? It was all about what porn does to your brain. And again, just as a refresher, this is based on a book titled Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson. And we were getting hot and heated talking about our relationships to porn. Yes, but we were also going through the list and kind of dissecting some of the points that this author of this article did. But everyone's relationship with porn is so different. We left off with Shira. You didn't tell us yours. Uh, Well... I would watch the. I would watch the. Girl, you have plenty of time now. Come on now. I would watch. Oh my God! You know what's it called? The fuzzies or not the fuzz? Like the. Oh, like the Playboy Channel, but you couldn't get you couldn't get the full reception. I would like I like late at night. That's how I discovered it. How I discovered porn. I mean, I'd seen my 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 dad had Playboy uh, magazines, and there was an openness around body, and it felt like sexuality and all that growing up. About you going to a new. All right. Well, so yeah, your family was very different than uh, <laughs> Ryan and I. I think it might be cultural. Um, but then, uh, like in terms of porn, I think that yeah, like I I was passing by some channels, and then I was like, I saw that channel I was like, Shh. but then like out of nowhere, you would see like a body. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard it referred that. to as the fuzzies when though. Was this in the nineteen fifties? Was <laughs> no, color TV no, around? She's, she's absolutely right. My Thank babysitter, Thank the, the Williams. <laughs> It was like the Playboy channel in the States, oh and it was like God. channel 97, and it was literally like... Yeah. It was like... We didn't have a satellite I know exactly what you're talking Thank about. You, I know Char. exactly what you're anyway, talking about. Anyway, but then after that, I was never really into it, uh, but when I would when it would come on, actually, when I was with partners, and maybe we'd talk about with how, their porn use, and then I'd be like, well, let's watch together. I've always been into it or turned on by it um and then i would say recently have they ever shown you something has a partner ever shown you a porn where you like whoa why are you eating watching no. you know maybe they knew me well enough but like no i don't they would no, nothing yeah, people keep their me. sins close to their <laughs> chest i'm using yeah. air quotes when i say sins but people keep the freakiest of the freaky to their yeah, chest it was pretty yeah like no like quote unquote, yeah. i'd say like normal but nothing crazy okay. right um and then i think more recently, like I never really watched porn as much alone. I think actually recently in this relationship, because we don't live together, we might not see each other for a week or something. There have been moments where I was like, I just decided to look at porn on my own. Oh, I and love I was that. like, Yeah, I did that. You better like, good for you. into it. Okay. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> love that relationship. Does it does it bring up anything? With the, does it bring up anything that's happening in so, the list? So, I was about to say, within this list, they're basically talking about patterns, and I think that this book is is shaped to make people, specifically with the porn addiction, be able to shake it. Um, and the thing is, and it's not about shaming. I always say addiction, no matter what we say it is, right? 
like whatever that behavior is when it starts impacting your day to day life or your relationships. Right. So, in matter of fact, uh, number fourteen on this list is addiction is not about drugs; it's about brains. The four fundamental brain changes that occur with addicts are number one, sensation and un- uh-huh. an unconscious super memory of pleasure. Oh wow. Number two, desensitization, oh. numbed response to that pleasure. Number three, dysfunctional prefront prefrontal circuitry which is weakened willpower and hyper reactivity to addiction cues and number four malfunction malfunctioning stress symptom which is amplified cravings and magnified withdrawal i'm telling you everything comes down to our brain I feel like, you know, if you think about it like that, it's a muscle. And everything's good in moderation. Well, not everything, but I think that porn should even be looked at in that way. Yeah, of course. I personally think totally. Porn be I Someone just, out again, there is disagreeing with me, and that's listen, fine. If it's impacting your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others, it's something to look at and how reliant you are on that. Right. Like it's like drinking, like you should be able to have your drink and have fun. Yeah, maybe get drunk and wasted sometimes. But if that drink gets taken away from you, are you freaking the F out? Can you not function well without that? Then you should maybe look at your relationship. I just want to leave out because I know we got to go to break. I want to leave out with this one. It says number nine, the limit does not exist. So unlike junk food, there is no physical limit to how much porn you can watch. Your brain has natural ways of lowering your reaction to the same porn. And without the novelty, you lose it. Interest. Like, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the porn website developers can always go to a new oh, level yeah. when it is the when it's brain versus brain. The mm-hmm. brain is getting paid and will always yeah. win. And the website creators know this. So the limit essentially does not exist, which can be dangerous for people who can't exercise self-control. Unless you're of, uh, you know. just sitting there not doing anything, not even moving your body. Just well, you're de- your you hand. become desensitized. Yeah, I know. It's like just sitting back watching anything. Go read a book. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Wow, Shark. the judgment that we're ending this I'm segment I'm not on. judging. I'm not. I want to be clear. I'm not judging. Well, they can go, go read, read a book. book. No. Go pick up your Bible. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. Uh, coming up on the show, what is hoovering? <laughs> How to make sure you're not the problem. Uh, and plus, uh, the Kardashian trial everyone is following. This is getting I wish juicy. I was selected as a juror, but they would have dismissed me. How, well, you could have like said something to make them not no, dismiss you. No, 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 no. They, all they had to do was pull up my social exactly. media. <laughs> they would have been like, ma'am, you have liked every p- post from Kris Jenner for the past eight years. Are you a fan of the Kardashians? I am. I, I am always too. say that I'm one of the I black agree. girls that is an unapologetic. Now, mind you, they have their criticisms now. Of course. Now, of course. Yeah. But I do like the Kardashians. I've never missed an episode I of like that godforsaken too. show that was on E! I like looking at the trends, the hair, the makeup. I'm, I'm yeah. against it. So here's the thing. Uh, and I know that we, we'll get into trending this hour, but... Um, you know, we always say how women, like, we need to, and they did start from a high place, but like, oh, yeah, we need to own it, be our own bosses, make a ton of money. No, but like, we finally have a group of women that have, the, like, the top show on TV that are, like, some of the most popular people, and they're still not good enough for us to represent that, right? Well, because it's a mix of, and I know, I know we're going to get started. It's a mix of misogyny because it was launched off of a sex tape, but also they are wildly problematic. Like, they have a history yeah, of. They are. Especially with the black community, they, they have what you know boxer braids. Girl, those are cornrows. Oh, you know, there's like there's just certain things that. But how quickly we do? I like, think everyone has a problematic fave, and the Kardashians just happen to be mine. Yeah. 
Well, we're getting into the trial in a moment. I, I, don't, I don't allow people who still listen to Step in the Name of Love to shame me for watching the Kardashians. I'll leave it at that. Oh, yeah. I'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Let's get into what's trending this hour. A hearing is underway today in Atlanta to determine if Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene should be constitutionally barred from running for re-election from her Georgia House seat due to the Congresswoman's role in the 2021 U.S. Capitol insurrection. She, she could, should be barred yeah, in prison. That's where she, she could possibly be, be removed from the ballot. Uh, and so here she is talking to lawmakers <laughs> under oath uh, and, and how she decided to answer some of the questions. List for me all the people who you spoke to about the demonstrations on January 6th. That would, I, I'm sorry, I have no idea. Okay. You, you don't remember any of them? I do not remember. Not any of them? No. You spoke to some people about those demonstrations prior to being sworn in as a representative from the 14th District, right? I, I don't remember. And you spoke to some of those people after you took the oath on January 3rd and before the 6th, right? I don't remember. Your testimony as you sit here today under oath is that you didn't talk to anybody in government about the fact that there were going to be large protests in Washington on January 6th. I don't remember. How about Representative Gosar? Sorry, I don't remember. Just lock her up already. Just lock her up already. I'm sick of her. She listened to her lawyer, that's for sure. Don't say you don't know, because then they'll pull it up. What do you mean you don't know? You lied, right? Well, but, she did get busted lying under yeah. oath. I saw some other clips where I was uh-huh. cracking up. It was, it's crazy. Because she did emphatically say no. And then the attorney's like, you know, <laughs> let's pull up article number five. So this is going to be a sketch on SNL where they're going to be like, oh, are you yeah. a white woman? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. SNL is going to tear this <laughs> They're up. They're going to tear it up. All right. What's happening in entertainment news? So I saw this story, like you mentioned, you know, a lot is unfolding in that downtown L.A. courthouse between Black China and the Kardashians. And I remember that back in 2015, when I was on YouTube, I said, Black China, Kris Jenner will personally see that you're under the jail. This was back in 2015. Matter of fact, Black China, as a result, ended up blocking me on Instagram. Fun fact. Kris Jenner gave a bombshell testimony in court uh, just yesterday claiming that Black China once threatened to kill Kylie Jenner, which is the truth because I remember on, like I mentioned, reporting on this back in 2015. While on the stand... um, the momager testified that she was alarmed years ago when Kylie and then-boyfriend Tyga told her about the alleged threat. Now, Chris added that Tyga told her on multiple occasions that China allegedly tried to physically harm him with a knife. Um, Chris goes on, I should mention during this testimony, she said that she was fearful for her son. China allegedly pulled out a gun on Rob Kardashian and said that she was just playing, but Chris has you know, compared her concern to when Kim was robbed in Paris and, you know, duct taped in the bathtub. So it'll be interesting to see where this trial goes. Initially, when China filed this suit, they wanted to settle, you know, privately, but it was Black China, a.k.a. Angela Renee White. It was her choice to and her push really to make this a public trial. So this is playing out in front of Mm. all of us. And it doesn't seem like she's doing too good in this trial. Okay. Well, that is the T report for amazing. this Amazing. Next up, are you bad at flirting? Well, scientists are revealing the tactics that might help you out. This is for you, Ryan. Oh. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, are you good at flirting? Do you find you're, that you're a good flirt? You know, it's a talent. It's a I, talent. 
I'm pretty damn good at flirting. Oh, what, what makes a good flirt? What, yeah, like that's what that's my thing. What makes a good flirt? I think what makes a good flirt is someone with quick wit and great conversation. Because okay. the way that I flirt, like is it I'm, an eyeball thing too. Oh, I flirt with my eyes do for it. sure. Do it right now. <laughs> no, I'm not, I can't. Do I it can't. right now. I well, can't. Yeah, I yeah, can't. playing with women play with their hair, and then I also don't do you don't play with your hair. That Sometimes. feels like circa nineteen ninety. That feels so no, like that's dated. What, well, if you talk to a guy, like, what do you do? You just keep pushing it back, Is or that what anyone? You do? I think anyone. Notice if you're if you have. Well, I guess uh, I like when a guy kind of twirls his beard. That's exactly what I'm like. playing oh, oh, with any go. sort of hair. I'll be like, that's here we true. Go. Why is okay. twirling the beard? In? Because like they're I'm just talking like to, talking it, to yeah. me, and like kind of twirling it. Like, okay, it, to me, it also shows a sign of like interest. Like you're yeah, listening exactly. to what I'm saying, totally. And then that gets the, my engine revving. Yeah, if you actually lean in and you have your hand like on your chin, it means you're listening. And also, there is eye contact when someone's like really giving you eye contact yes. and asking you questions, leaning uh, in, a maybe. Smirk. Touching, a, a flutter maybe of a little lash. touch on the hands, like oh, I'm good at touching a knee, a knee, and not in a yeah. Weinstein way, but like a <laughs> you so like to punctuate my laugh, like <laughs> slap a knee. But what if you're that just genuinely okay? So I think that's for me, I, especially when I've talked about this with my therapist. Like she's just like when you you can't treat everyone like you're you're friendly. You're a friendly. You're a kind guy, right? Uh-huh. Yes. You can't treat everyone like you know friendly. And so for me, I feel like. But you can. Well, in the, in the sense of like, it's open to interpretation. If you're too, if you're too friendly, though, which is you're, you can be like a you can be friend zoning someone. They could be thinking that you're not interested. If you're in too that friendly, way. Yeah. Well, you're a Leo, so there's a Here lot of flirting things. just coming uh, yeah. because you like attention. But I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. Wait a, flirt. a second. I don't, I don't I think just, you are either. I don't think oh. I'm a flirt at all. I'm like actually, I get really nervous. And I've I get never like, seen you in action. I, I get so nervous, and I get like. I mean, you saw me. The closest thing you probably saw me was when we went to uh, a single all the way premiere. Yes, and you and were I still was nervous sweating. there. And you saw me at single all the way. <laughs> yes, you saw me in and my it was bag. completely two different things. I was remember sweating. the DJ's manager, and I yes. was like in my bag. Wait, Ryan does give the eyes when he's in dressing. He'll be like. He does I mean, do I the eyes. I've seen it. But I don't it. think it connects with people. I do. Well, yeah, because you need connects. to have actual. Because people, you overestimate how much people are noticing those things. Because a lot of times it's when they look away. So I think you that you may think that that. So yeah. wait, if they if they think if they look away, does that mean that they're interested or not? Interested? No, they might just happen to look and see something or, or talk to be, someone. It could be nerves on their end, but that does not mean here's this, the thing. This, absol- this right. absolute resolution oh, see, that I've they're inter- not interested. I've literally interpreted that. Oh, I've, see, I've been okay. See, I can recall. So you're time. giving the eyes. And you're not following I can recall through. moments of like me giving eyes, and then like they look, they look off or something, and then I take that as oh no, they could also that's be anxious. A sign that they don't want. No, me. a Prettiest lot of people. And then, I just, and then I just end up like you know. Here's the thing. Like, Sometimes it. you also need to be cute and direct. Like I think you're really cool. Like, do you want to do coffee sometime, or do you want to like let's go for a drink and then exchange numbers? Intentionality means everything, and I think that you're coming to these absolute like resolutions, like oh, he must not be interested. Instead of That's challenging true. I that, do think, and I do think. How do you way. really and put yourself through? out there? I don't know how to. I try. Right. I like. I'm really. I get. Here's the thing. Even when I was younger, I feel like a lot of times. Let's be honest here. Okay. Cis het folks from a young age they get to experience having their first girlfriend or boyfriend they get to experience mm-hmm. going to dances and asking out someone on a dance yeah. I never got to experience that when they were doing those little like chocolate roses that you can anonymously you yeah. know sit, I never got any of those and so for me I didn't really get into like like flirtation 
it, until I was like getting out of high school into like college when I met my first boyfriend. And then that was like all the way around. And then it wasn't ever like there was it was romantic on that end. But all my relationships before that weren't just like romantic. They were like just sexual. And so mm. I never really understood that's fair. That's the fair. intimacy right, so of like trying. I feel like I'm, I, that's why I say I'm a late bloomer. That's fair. It's a different socialization. Literally a late bloomer. However, mm. I think that you should maybe try more risks in your in- adult life. And, you know, guess what? Not everybody wins all the time and that's okay. And a lot of times, like when I'm flirting, I'll be like, like if I'm in a space, I'm like, oh, I'll pr- the likelihood of me ever seeing this person again is slim to none. I flirted with a guy in New- well, last time I was in New York. See? Yep. Yeah. The perfect way. I did. Uh, but that was one of those moments where I felt like he, I, I felt like he affirmed me that I was not his type. Okay. And okay. Explain. So remember what I was telling you? I met a guy at the bar. Okay. And he actually is like he works at a bar in WeHo. I met a guy at the bar, and we were like he was attracted to our bartender. I mean, we all kind of were. He was hot, and I made kind of like while we were in conversation, I was like we were all talking about our types. Okay. And so my way of flirting, and I can't believe I'm oh my god I'm putting all my business. Out let's here. talk. Let's so go bad. there. I my way of flirting with him was like we were having like some banter, and it was like cute. And then I was like oh, so I looked him dead in his eyes, and I was like. So am I your type? And he like looked at me, winked, and was like, maybe. Okay. And then Maybe. He said maybe. Hold yeah. on though, Sherry. You're not let the other shoe yeah, drop, right. baby. But then like he then well, the bartender goes back to the back oh, and he like turns around and he looks at him and he's like, That's the type of guy you want to marry. Okay. And I feel like that 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 moment was a clear Hold moment on, of you allow telling me, me. Allow me to push back. No, but that was a clear moment of you telling Hold me on. Okay, you're not interested no, no, in me. No, no, you're no. interested in that. Because I'm I'm about to get you oh. I'm about to give you a sip of your own poison. Oh because oh. you just you just sat up here during the Char says so segment and oh. said that you don't That's have you? a specific porn category. You kinda all over the place. No, you like yes, all different types yes, of people. Yes, so, yes. So who is to say that what he told you, multiple truths can exist at one time? But when you're flirting with someone, do you want someone to go flirt with someone else in the no, front if, of you? All right, Let's so talk about queer we, culture. No, but wait, that's what I'm saying. No, no, let's no, talk no, about wait, queer so culture. If I, that's true. If I was like let's into someone and then culture. he's like, check the ass on this girl, I'd be yeah. like, oh. Sure, you're I, not in queer I'm culture. Too, but, no, still like, but I still think that's a thing. So here's the thing. So you that can't said, flirt with this me in the moment and then go flirt with someone else. And someone else that doesn't look like me I have something to say about this. I'm sorry you went through that. No, I mean, um, there's nothing to no, apologize. No, 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 but I wait, wait. I got a point to make. Wait, you, you dragged me by apologizing. So here's the thing is that... <laughs> Here's the thing is that I think that continue putting yourself out there like that because the, in the end you will get rejected and you need to be it's okay with getting rejected in order to find the person you actually need to be with. It's part of life. I don't know. I just on hate top it. Of, well, on, then you're not going to find the person if you're not going to put yourself that, out there. This is more nuanced because I don't think it's a fair comparison for what Shearage is throughout versus you because there are specific nuances that come specifically with gay men course, and dating culture. That's not me that what is he not, wants. Excuse me. That is not reflective on cisgender heterosexual dating culture and we cannot ignore that in this conversation no I, and I don't want to ignore it I think that's very important but I do think it's hard when you like I feel like yeah as we wrap up which we can continue to talk about let's this carry because, this one yeah, over we're, I mean we have so many dating well, things that we're talking you know what? about in the next it, yeah because we're talking TGIF. about hoovering which has to do with this also and I think from uh, to, to go into this as we cut this off is I just think if you, if you just feel like you continue to be reaffirmed whether if you're going on dates or not and like guys are like they show interest in you in the moment and then like afterwards they don't show any interest in you. It's just like you can only do so much, right? That's why you got to take breaks. I just told you I, I took a break. I can tell my business on air coming up. All right, let's do that. Hoovering and telling our business more. <laughs> Birthday video. 
Oh. A bit late. All right, Shira Laser. Uh, okay. We were talking about my dating skills, please. Well, I knew. Yeah, we were talking about that. But what is ho- but right hovering now we're real talking quick? Hoovering, hoovering, like the Hoover vacuum. What is the Hoovering, Shira? Okay, so it's when you uh, narcissists that try to win back their exes with Hoovering. Wow. Okay, so trauma bonding and the difficulty of leaving an Ooh. abusive relationship. Hoovering. When someone hoovers, the intention is not to build a stable romance. Um, hoovering is an ego-fueling attempt to reclaim power and continue a cycle of emotional mm-hmm. abuse. Mm-hmm. And they may say something like, baby, if you take me back, we're going to buy that house. Or I won't work at the bar anymore if we get back together. It's like these negotiations. Yeah, You know what I mean? Which There's a difference between things you sacrifice because you're like, I know this is what you need, so I'm going to do it. Versus, well, you had all this time to do it, and now you're seeing that I'm going away. I'm pulling back, and so I'm going to use dangle something yes. that I'm going to do. Yes. The dream of what you think you're going to get. Yes. To compensate for like how horrible this is. Yeah, I had an experience like this where I was involved with someone and and not really not necessarily I want to be clear, this was not like a romantic relationship, right? But it was a very unique friendship. I'll put it that way. And every time I I like kind of pulled back or kind of set a boundary, he would come in and say like these validating and affirmative things and kind of these empty ended like these mm. these promises or these wild ideas. I was on the beach with Ryan actually. This was on Halloween of 2020. We were on the beach. How do you remember that? Because I don't know if you remember we were on the blanket. And remember, I had gotten a, it was either a phone call or a text oh, message. Oh, yes. And it was already like very, think of a, what's that, what's that HBO show? Uh, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. It was it very was, foggy. Was, and <laughs> we were all in our he, feelings. He had made such a wild prep, uh, proposition to me, but it it was one of those things, like I said, it's it, it has to do with gaslighting. Like you mentioned, Shira, it's like ego driven. Yeah. And it's very, it's a way to reestablish power so that you don't. So that they can keep milking you of your resources, totally. whatever whatever they're gaining from being att- attached to you. Yeah, you know, for me, I feel like um, my relationship, my last relationship, which honestly is the last one I was in, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I there was so much stuff that I went through in that relationship, and I stood by because I felt like that was what you were supposed to do. Yeah, like yeah. I felt like, oh, you're supposed to also be this ride behavior. or die. You didn't literally. You didn't and learn I, any, but you also you we didn't have examples growing up. Um, I mean, my, no, Ryan's my mom, mama my was mom, a ride or die. My mom was most definitely a ride <laughs> or die. But you didn't have an someone. example of a relationship. But inherently, but that she was in a relationship. That was a, it was a ride learned or die situation. Behavior. And it was, and for me, it was like, we stay, stayed together for so long because we were attached to each other because of the things that we both had mm-hmm. went through. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just remember if I could tell, go back and tell myself, being like, get out of this. You don't need to be in this right now because y'all both are going to be in two different places. Maybe one day it'll, you know, well, no, we met last time I went to New York and I was just like not having it. I think that was a ship that passed. But sometimes you, sometimes it does work out where you have to like let each other go in that moment and maybe and years later. Maybe you'll pull a J-Lo. Circle back around. Ben. Literally. For me, it was definitely codependency. It was toxic. It was not healthy. And what's, what's so funny to me is I was supposed to leave this person behind in 2019. I remember uh-huh. when 2020 was approaching, I was like, yes, fresh decade. I did not invite this person to my birthday party or mm-hmm. anything. And when the pandemic hit, we, like two magnets, we got closer, like we yeah, started talking course. again. Ooh. And so 
for my own mental health and I had to walk away. But what's so wild to me is that I still love this person. I still think about this person, still miss this person. But I can also acknowledge that I made the right decision for me by prioritizing me and my needs. And I also did what was healthy for me because he was (laughs) contributing to my ever deteriorating mental health. I had to get up out of there. Good. You recognize that. Yes. I mean, this is uh, it's it. It's hard to sometimes notice these things. Like even I had a friend recently, not to be named, and I don't think she's listening. Say her name. <laughs> Say and her I name. mean, they, she's actually they're in a good relationship. I feel, but you know, she wants to have a baby right away. She's getting to the age where, like, she wants to things to progress pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and you know, he wants to take it a bit slower. He's been married before, and so she started pulling away. And then he was, she goes, "Well, I think he's saying I'm pulling away because he's like organizing trips now and doing all the stuff." And I'm like, "That's not really a healthy." like connection mechanism where it's like because now she's manipulating too they're well, both that's manipulating too. and so you're, instead of having like an honest conversation of where you're at and what your needs are uh-huh. right so but it's Maybe easy how much we being alone but it's it's well, yeah i mean i think all humans kind of want to be with someone but and also at, at a certain cost? age i think it's amazing how much we can normalize it it doesn't need to be as toxic or quote unquote abusive there could be things we're each doing that are very subtle but yeah. can create like really dysfunctional or unhealthy. But the thing behavior. is, what don't come out in the wash gonna come out in the rinse. Yeah. All it's gonna do is snowball and get worse and worse and worse until it hits a fever pitch. So, do you want to have a six year old and be, you know, doing a messy divorce settlement or whatever, and or do you just want to? Also, it just boils down to I'm too old to be sitting around just accepting anything at this point. Like I feel like I've learned so much, and even in the relationships that I've dated and they haven't worked out, I feel like I've taken little pieces of like, oh, I liked how I felt in this moment. This yeah. is what I want. I you get didn't like clear how I felt. on what yeah. you will tolerate and what you want. And yeah. for me. Like, like that's been the best thing about not being in that relationship and even like moving forward and trying to figure out what I'm navigating towards. Um, but I, I most definitely still have a lot to work. 2020. Yeah, and I most definitely still have a lot to work through. Like I, I, it's hard sometimes, and I don't know. Sometimes I just be wanting to feel desired. Of course, and that's why we end up sometimes in situations that aren't the best for us. Yeah, but I'm not doing that. Good for you. Look at this. We got. We came full circle. Did we? I don't think I, you know. <laughs> now I'm thinking and I'm out here without a therapist. <laughs> okay, let's go. Lord, let me, let me head to Reddit. I got a question. We're trying our best here, Char. <laughs> What's happening um, how, how this one influencer fakes a lot of her shots. Um, she says she's on vacation, but is she really? Oh, like photo oh, shots. I didn't know yeah. if you had, like, oh, talking pictures. about a gun or a needle no, or a No, pictures, okay? okay. Um, so the crazy things influencers do to pretend they're oh, someone God. somewhere else. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 